You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Your only five times a week Bengals podcast is here for you for this first Steelers week of 2021. If you only listen to the show one day a week, you should listen to the show more than one day a week. We have great content throughout the week from our film reviews on Tuesdays to our crossovers on Thursdays to our game previews. For Fridays, or maybe you want to save it till Sunday. I don't care. But if you're listening one day a week, I'm just saying you're missing out. That's all I'm going to say about it. James, let's get into this injury report. The YouTube watchers heard me joke about Ben Roethlisberger being back on the injury report for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> because of course he is. I mean, My peck is hurting right now, man. I don't right. I don't know how I heard it or when I heard it, but it, it just hurts. Yeah. The old creepy old grandpa Ben. Heard his pectoral getting up off the ground after getting sacked or something. His offensive line didn't help him up. And uh, he's going to play whatever. Let's not talk about it anymore. Potentially actually doubtful, though, on the Steelers side, before we get to the Bengals side, Deontay Johnson hurt his knee on the last play of the game. Uh, Doesn't sound like things are looking super promising for him. Joe Hayden sounds like he was expected to play last week. He's still limited on Wednesday this week, but I think Joe Hayden and Devin Bush, you should probably expect them back for the Steelers this week. Mm-hmm. I would be personally shocked if TJ Watt doesn't play. He was limited. He had a groin injury, couldn't finish on Sunday, couldn't finish the game on Sunday. And I just think if he's limited already on Wednesday, he's probably going to play. Alex Highsmith, though, also did not practice with a groin injury. So the Steelers signed Taco Charlton instead. Might be a sign that Alex Highsmith won't be ready this week. So. That is my read on the Pittsburgh Steelers injury report. However, as I tweeted, James, it wouldn't shock me at all if all these guys just play because that feels like that's what's always happens when the uh, Steelers play the Bengals. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Chris Carter's perspective coming up when we cross over in segment three. But uh, the Deontay Johnson, like I, I do think TJ Watt, since he was eliminated, he's probably going to play at least a little bit. Um, the Deontay Johnson not having him, like that's, I think that's a big deal. We knew Mike Hilton was going to line up against Juju a decent amount in the slot. And look, if Trey Waynes, which we'll get to in a second, doesn't play, doesn't feel like he's going to, well, then everyone's going to be looking at Eli Apple. And I don't want Eli Apple on Deontay Johnson. Sorry, that's kind of scary. I certainly don't want him on Chase Claypool, a big physical fast guy. And so now you can put a, a Ouzier on Claypool potentially, and you're not as worried about the other outside threat, whether it's James Washington or someone else. So I I do think that that is a kind of a a big injury. It might be Deontay Johnson, best known in these parts for dropping passes. And if you're, he's the best receiver on that team. Yeah. There's your take. I I think he is by far. (laughs) I'm never going to say anything good about the Steelers. So people that have listened (laughs) to this podcast in the past, know (laughs) on Steelers week, I get a little edgy and and, you know, it is. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Let's talk uh, Bengals injuries. T. Higgins did not practice. Shoulder injury. Akeem Hicks tackles him on a screen play. Kind of lands a little funny. They were looking at his left arm after that play, but I figured, you know, maybe he just got the wind knocked out of him. He lands on the ball a little bit there too, but listed with a shoulder injury. I feel like, you know, he came back in. He finished that game. That's generally promising, but if he doesn't practice on Thursday, 
then, you know, maybe not great. There was rain going on in Cincinnati. Maybe that's why some of these guys didn't practice. Xavier Sofilo didn't practice. He's listed with a knee injury. So that is a clarification on what the lower body injury is for Suofilo. I imagine this means Jackson Carmen is getting starter reps at right guard. Trey Waynes was a guy that Zach Taylor said would practice, but again, maybe because of the rain and the, the weather, he did not practice either with that hamstring injury, but it sounded like he was going to practice today. And the fact that he mm-hmm. didn't, you know, we'll see what his status is on Thursday, but this is a week, right? If he doesn't play this week, then all the roster management people get, get to take their victory lap. You should have put him on the IR. Well, we'll find out probably tomorrow because if he doesn't go Thursday, it doesn't really matter if he's limited or whatever on Friday and the walkthrough. You got to get usually one real practice in before you play. For sure. Especially, excuse me, especially someone like Trey Waynes who got injured before that final preseason game against Miami. Yeah. Like he went down that week. And so he absolutely needs some practice reps. I don't want to just send him out there cold. And it might be as simple as, look, it was slippery. They were on the turf. It was pouring in Cincinnati. And so why put him out there if you don't need to? Maybe, or, or maybe not. Maybe it was, uh, you know, he, he's still dealing with that. And, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, if, if he doesn't come back, Eli Apple, just don't shove a receiver with the ball in the air. Just blatantly push him. And I think things are going to be okay. And uh, and that's where that is. As far as Xavier Suofilo, Man, we talked about it earlier this week. Jackson Carmen making his first start. He's a Cincinnati kid. He's he probably remembers the Carson Palmer injury in the the 05 playoffs at the end of the 05 season. You know, all the hatred between these two teams, the Sports Illustrated covers, the historic ones, right, that have the Bengals and the Steelers on them, all the rivalry. And so, what a uh, what an opportunity for him if he ends up getting the start. And it's not ideal from my perspective right, from an analysis standpoint, but uh, from a challenge perspective for a rookie that knows the history between these two teams, uh, I'm sure he's excited for the challenge. From an analysis perspective, for me, it's like, well, we'll see. We don't know what Jackson Carmen is right now. I mean, when they drafted him and up until training camp, I thought he was going to start week one. And then suddenly he got buried, right, and needed to work his way up. And Zach Taylor said he's been improving, he's been progressing, and you know, of course, Zach Taylor is going to say that and we'll find out if he plays this week. We'll find out just how ready he is and if he can put that athleticism to use and if he has what it takes to deal with the power of a guy like Cam Hayward. And so we'll, we'll see. We'll track Xavier Suofilo's status and see what's going on there. It's worth noting on the depth chart, Xavier Suofilo is still ahead of Jackson Carmen on the official mm-hmm. Bengals depth chart. And real quick, uh, before we... Um move on T Higgins. I look, I get it. The Bengals have a talented receiver core and people love odd Tate, and, you know, Mike Thomas and the, those guys like the depth. How concerned would you be if T doesn't play? Is that, is that swaying how optimistic you are about them knocking off the Steelers, pulling off the upset? At least if you look at those bet AG odds on the road, what, what is the spread? Do you know? Last time I checked, it was three and a half. Really? It, it opened at five. Then it dropped down to four and a half, went back up to five. And then last I checked, it was three and a half. It might've changed again. It's all over uh, the damn place. That's pretty crazy. I I don't know. I mean, it probably changes it a little bit, right? T's a really good player, but you still have Tyler Boyd. You still have Jamar Chase. And maybe you just feature those guys more. Maybe you start to get your tight ends involved a little bit. They haven't done much of that. Tight ends have what? Three targets 
And, and so, you know, maybe you diversify your targets a little bit and maybe you use Joe Mixon a little bit more in the passing game. And Chris Evans. Chris Evans, absolutely. You go, go Chris Evans a little bit. I, I would love to see some more targets for Chris Evans. He, he looked good on his one catch, his one good. snap, you know, against the Bears. A <laughs> uh, couple other injury notes we should hit. Larry Ogunjobi was limited with a groin injury. Didn't know he had that one, so that one was new. Just limited and hasn't really garnered a ton of conversation, so hopefully he's okay. Josh Tupo didn't practice, but was not injury-related. It was a personal reason that he missed practice on Wednesday. Hopefully he gets back with the team. Did we hear anything about what that personal reason was, James? We didn't. We didn't know he was going to miss until the injury report came out, unfortunately. So hopefully it's you know nothing serious and, and he's back with the team tomorrow. Yeah, and then the last one, Darius Phillips didn't or was limited, sorry, not injury-related rest, apparently. So he was on the injury report last week. I guess they're saying it's a rest day for Darius Phillips, but uh, I I would assume he'll be okay. But he's also still behind Eli Apple. So there's that. We'll find out more about Trey Wayne's status on Thursday. We'll do our game preview tomorrow. Coming up next, let's talk about some of the press conferences that went on on, I guess, Wednesday. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow addressing the media. Before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. We talk about it all the time here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. James uses it for all of his auto parts needs when he replaces his oil, replaces an air filter, and you should too. There's so many reasons for it. First off, it's incredibly easy. You go to rockauto.com, you type in the make and model of your vehicle, and boom, you get a list of parts available for your car or truck. Second reason, you can save a bunch of money. You could spend 30, 50, 100% more if you go to the dealership, if you go to the chain store. Don't don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Save money. Save time. Go to rockauto.com. Been serving people like you online for 20 years. They've got the experience. They've got what you need. So go check out their selection. See all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you when you check out amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Jake likes looking good, of course. Look at him if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not, I'm sure you've seen him at some point. He's always looking good. And, you know, I like looking good. You probably like looking good. And if that's the case, if you're one of those people who isn't, then you know what you need to do? You need to check out Rivertown Inquiry in Apparel It's a local company in Cincinnati. They were founded in 2013, and they have awesome Cincinnati football shirts, awesome Cincinnati gear. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Bengals fan, right? But even if you're just a Cincinnati fan, you want a little Cincy gear, maybe a cup or something like that, Rivertown Ingery in Apparel is the place to go. I'm telling you, you're talking about high-quality shirts that are going to last, that fit great, comfortable material, and they're going to hold up over time. So check them out right now at rivertowninquiry.com. And when you're there, use promo code LOCKEDON10. You're going to get 10% off. It's a shirt I wear all the time. You've seen it on this podcast. If you watch on YouTube, I'm going to get many, many more from Doug and his crew. So again, go to rivertowninquiry.com and use promo code LOCKEDON10. James, we're going to get into our full game preview of this Pittsburgh Steelers contest with the Cincinnati Bengals in Pittsburgh the first time these teams play each other. We'll do that tomorrow. We do have 
Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers joining us in just a few minutes, and we'll do our weekly crossover episode. So if you're not interested in the press conferences, well, make sure you stick around for the conversation with Chris Carter. Make sure you come back tomorrow for our game preview, but also, you know, let's talk about these press conferences because I think they're pretty interesting, and there are a couple things that stand out. And we'll start with Joe Burrow, James. He talked about the amount of hits he's taking. He says, you know, it's part of football. Uh, It's totally fine. And then he concludes his quote by saying, it is what it is. Have you ever said (laughs) it is what it is and felt good about what you're talking about? I mean, I think everybody knows that the Bengals protection has to get better. Joe Burrow, generally very good at praising his offensive line, generally very good at answering things in a way that doesn't, point the finger elsewhere, but uh, I think kind of maybe let one slip there at the end of the question about getting hit so much. And it is what it is. Meanwhile, Zach Taylor's out here downplaying the hits saying, you know, eh, some of these are him just getting touched and he doesn't even know it, but they recorded as a hit. So some, uh, some real interesting comments from those guys around quarterback hits, right? For sure. And the Zach stuff is the stuff that really like, what the hell are you thinking? And I, I don't think anyone's talking about the hits where Joe's shoulder gets touched and he doesn't notice it. You know what bothers me when I see Joe getting driven into the ground six seconds after he throws the ball? And I'm being a little dramatic here, a little exaggerating, you know, just a little, just a little, maybe by a second or two. It's, it's crazy. And so I would rather Zach do that. If he's going to deflect it, be like, yeah, I don't know why the hell the league isn't protecting my quarterback who's, uh, you know, getting hit way after – he releases the ball. That's what I would do. Instead, he's doing this, eh, yeah, I don't know what people are counting as hits, and I know it's going to get a lot of talk, and, dude, he got hit. Honestly, I think he got hit way more than nine times the other day in Chicago, if, if I had to guess. And, uh, you know, so to me, yeah, Joe's probably a little frustrated. And why wouldn't he be? Because these protection breakdowns, and I'm not just saying it's his offensive line. I mean, in general, some of this stuff, like – Joe Mixon just completely missing a block. Well, Joe Burrow might be human and be like, I was great with Gio last year. I I was confident in him and you released him and you didn't pay my guy, Jesse. Like you don't think players put that together. And I'm not saying that went through his mind in the moment when I asked him about that, about the hits, but he's not an idiot. He's going to connect the dots a little bit. And that's the thing, Jake, is I I think that this week and this stretch now, this really two game stretch is such a a thing. They have to win one of two at least because you have winners. Jamar Chase is a winner. Joe Burrow is a winner. And they both, I'm not going to say they called out the coaches because that's a bit too far, but they were a little more honest than I think we (laughs) expected after that loss to the Bears. And then again, you just mentioned that it is what it is from Joe Burrow. If you, you keep losing and you're winners, at some point you're going to be like, all right, why the hell are we losing? And, and you're maybe not pointing fingers, but you're going to get frustrated at least behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. They could go out and kick the Steelers' ass this week and it'd be fine, but uh, certainly something to monitor going into week three. I think that Joe Burrow isn't thinking about a lot of that stuff. I think he's probably thinking, you know, what do we have to do to fix these protection issues? And, and what do I have to do to be better in the pocket? He talked about that. He talked about, you know, t- changing his mindset. He said, you know, going back and watching tape, he wasn't escaping the pocket. 
when he thinks he should have. So that's something that he said he's going to look at. And I, I think the thing that was kind of more damning of the coaches, if you want to look at things he said that were negative, because he also said, you know, I'm planning to be here for a long time and play the Steelers a bunch of times. So, you know, he's not publicly obviously wouldn't say well, this, but you know, he's projecting like, I want to be here for a long time. Right. So he did well, say that as well. And it's worth, well, he, he's going to be here longer than the coaches. I mean, he could be, he certainly could be a hundred percent will be. It, it seems I mean. at this point <laughs> to be somewhat likely that that is correct. But the, the thing that was interesting to me is, you know, he talked, he's, he said, you know, we talked to, we talked to the coaches and we were like, Hey, look, we got these guys that are deep threats. We're going to try to use them a little bit more. It's not about, you know, it's, he, he kind of tried to reframe the idea of like, yeah, we should be taking more shots. And it's instead like, no, we have this skill set. And mm-hmm. and so that I think is, is more interesting. Like you shouldn't have to tell your coaches, <laughs> hey, by the way, what yeah. about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, right? And some people have, have observed this as well on social media today, reading that quote. And I think he was trying to dial it back there too. Yeah. And, and instead you look at it and you're like, well, wait a second. The guy you picked fifth overall, this coaching staff didn't realize he was a deep threat. And that's not what he meant, but that's how people re- like, yeah. wait, really? Like, ah, and, and yeah, I, I think Joe was actually trying to protect them there, but you're right. If you read between the lines, it's kind of like, well, why would they need to come to that revelation? Like Joe bro praised T Higgins, right. For his offseason work and how fast he had gotten and how big he was and all the things like that from a downfield perspective, flip side, we know what Jamar could do in college or did in college and why they drafted him fifth overall. So why is it a surprise that they're good downfield? I I guess would be the question. And Brian Callahan also talked about this. So I don't think it is a surprise. I I think this quote has really been been run with. Right. And so we we shouldn't feed that fire. So we should, we should douse that fire, I guess here using our platform to do a little bit of, I don't know, PR control for the Bengals maybe, but Brian Callahan on Monday talked about, you, you know, he's seen, Jamar Chase consistently went off the line of scrimmage, get open deep. And he's like, okay, maybe he's learned a few more shots. And this was Monday that Brian Callahan said this. So it's not like this is new. Sure. Uh, anything else from the Zach Taylor press conference or, or Mike Hilton? Actually, let's go Mike Hilton. That was yeah, a, that was a good that. one. We, that one wasn't uh, on YouTube. It wasn't on social media, but he is eager to oh, help his new team. Oh, is it? It's, it's on, on my, your YouTube. It's on my YouTube. Yeah. It wasn't live. <laughs> Cincinnati streamed. Bengals talk, baby. Wasn't live streamed on YouTube. This is why we get YouTube comments, James, asking, isn't this an SI podcast? No, we're not an SI podcast. James's SI endeavors are, are his other his other job. But anyway, Mike Hilton, ready to help the Bengals beat his former team. Yeah, and it was hilarious. He was like, he was asked basically, hey, are you going to give, I asked him about helping out Burrow, right? This is a tough defense to go up against. You gonna help out Burrow if he has any questions, or Zach Taylor if he wants to pick your brain? He's like, I'm an open book. I'll tell him anything and everything because I just want to leave Heinz Field with a victory. And the same thing on the other side, he's gonna try to help that defense as much as he can. And look, he knows this offense. It's a new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, but he knows Ben Roethlisberger. He knows Chase Claypool, who, by the way, he said is the best trash talker on the the Steelers' offense. So you know, we'll see. You know, if uh, if that knowledge and he's a smart football player, I think is really intelligent. If that knowledge can help the Bengals in their game planning this week uh, ahead of the, the Steelers matchup. 
I have a not very fun fact to share about Cl- Chase Claypool. I uh, I live in the Vancouver area. Chase Claypool is from the Vancouver area. He he is from Canada. And so mm-hmm. when I'm driving around, I got the radio on. I hear car dealership commercials with Chase Claypool. And I'm like, man, I'm in I'm on the west coast of Canada. Why do I have to hear this Pittsburgh Steelers guy out here where I live, man? But uh, he's really good. I'll say yeah, that. You don't whatever. you don't want to praise any Steelers, whatever. I, I loved him before the Giants. He's good. I Steelers not a pick receivers. I don't care about Chase Claypool. Coming up next, we're joined by Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers podcast. <laughs> This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, who is back and better than ever with a redesigned website. Looks great. New interface, even more odds, props, and contests available for you as betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football, whether it is college or pro. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up. Receive your 100% welcome bonus, 100% welcome bonus on your initial deposit just for signing up using promo code NFL100. From football to basketball and boxing, right to your favorite casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Who doesn't like saving money? You do, I do, everybody does. And that's why you need GetUpside. You can get free money every time you fill up that gas tank by downloading the free, and again, it is a free app, the GetUpside app in the App Store or, or Google Play. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon. It's free money. You got a smartphone. You have a car that you have to fuel up. So download Get Upside today. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred bucks a month in cash back. You could take that. You can buy some built bars. You could take that. You can get some Rivertown Inquiry swag. That's free money. So all you got to do is get the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code Touchdown, and you're gonna get a twenty-five cent extra bonus. Again, promo code Touchdown on the Get Upside app. All right, let's bring Chris Carter onto the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're on crossover week, and it's everybody's favorite guest, right? I mean, everybody loves hearing from Locked On Steelers host Chris Carter, right, listeners? I'm sure you're all yelling in your cars right now. They're throwing things at me. (laughs) Throwing tomatoes, or I don't know what people throw anymore, hopefully. Because I like tomatoes. Like, I I wouldn't want to. They're rotten, though. Oh, okay, rotten. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It's, Maybe it's never, it's never edible produce, you know? Is it right, because it, that stuff's too expensive, man. Yeah, no, I... nobody's got time for that. So uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit of Steelers stuff. The sure. the number one question, I think, on the – it's not even a question. Ben Roethlisberger is going to play football. Why is he always <laughs> on the injury report before the Steelers play the Bengals, Chris? You know, man, there's a there's a funny meme that passes around Steelers Twitter of Ben with like 12 bags of ice on at one of the practices. And this is years ago. But they say when he looks like that, you know, he's throwing for 400 this week. That, that's just that's what he does. He just he says, oh, I'm hurt. This is going on. My pecs injured. I don't know. It, it, and like we even asked him. So like, when did this get hurt? He's like, I don't know. Some point during the game. And I'm like, so wait, so you're just telling he's like, well, it was impacting my throws during the game. And I'm like, what? Where did this come from? It just came, like at the end of the game, we heard none of this. I talked to Ben Roethlisberger after the Raiders game, 
And he was just like, yeah, you know, bumps and bruises, whatever. And now all of a sudden he has a pec injury. Uh, but you know, like, like Didi Kikabwala brought this up on uh, on Twitter. She was like, you know, last year he said he had an injury before playing the Bengals at Heinz Field. Didn't practice a single time that week. And then through like three touchdowns, 300 yards, he went ballistic. And this is what he does. This is what he does. We, we, we find out about these injuries and then somehow that motivates him to play. It's like with Aaron Rodgers, when people doubt him. You know, he he has that he has that uh, that, that emotional kick in that, that gets him going. Maybe for Ben, it's like, hey, I'm hurt. Hurt. This is my chance to show I'm tough. Whatever it is, let, let him do him. It's, I guess it's like <laughs> Michael Jordan inventing, you know, personal <laughs> grudges. Like, oh, I'm hurt. I'm going to prove all these guys. No, nobody believes no, you're hurt. No, nobody. Ben. Like the first first couple years, okay. Now it's like, Ben, we just 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 go out there. If you don't want to practice, don't practice. But <laughs> it's, it's let's it's talk about uh, yeah. Let's talk about someone that is probably. Um, is going to have more impact on the game if he's out there and certainly mm -hmm. is dealing with an injury because he didn't finish the game mm -hmm. against the Raiders last week. And T.J. Watt, now, I know he was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Do you think he's going to play? And if so, could they be? Could it, could they limit him and, and just make him limited and put, and put him in on pass rushing downs and just try to do it that way? Because the way he cuts and, and breaks and uses that athleticism – I, I don't know. Like I, I could see, you know, him re-aggravating it, which is obviously not what you want if you're the Steelers. It's certainly a question. They don't want to make it a nagging injury to the guy that they just gave like eighty million dollars guaranteed to. Uh, but I do think that they're that he's going to be ready for this game. Uh, you know, when being limited in practice, let, let me tell you, when T.J. Watt all through training camp was was holding out or holding in, he was every day. He was just he was dressed in a helmet and his jersey and like his in his leg pads, and he would just you know, chuck a medicine ball and go, he would do different drills and he would work on different things. And as soon as he got back in there, he was ready to go like against Buffalo. It was like, man, that doesn't look like a guy who didn't practice for a month. Um, and I, I get the impression. And Mike Tomlin even said this as much. He's like, you know what? TJ is a guy who he's earned, you know, the ability to show like, you know, he may, if he needs to take most of the week off to not practice and be ready for game day, we give him that credence. Cause he brought up Aaron Donald does that sometimes when he's not, when he's feeling a little bumps and bruises or soft tissue injuries. So I, I think he's, I think he's going to play unless there's a setback during the week, the Steelers are probably going to make him limited. I'd say all the way through the week. And then you'll see him play on game day if everything works out. But you know, that caught them off guard last week. That's kind of what they did with Joe Hayden and Devin Bush um, on the last on the last couple of walkthrough uh, practices. And then uh, all of a sudden they thought, and, you know, the read was they were going to play. And then before in the warmups, I guess they just weren't feeling it right. And Devin Bush, Joe Hayden out. And then you saw Tyson Lulu go down. T.J. White go out with a groin injury. And now Alex Highsmith has a groin injury. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if T.J. Uh, Watt plays any full capacity. But they're very limited. They just signed Ta Taco Charlton. Uh, you know, to their practice squad. I anticipate if Alex Highsmith's groin injury lingers, they might find a way to promote Charlton because they want to have depth behind TJ Watt. It's Alex Highsmith, Melvin Ingram, and Jameer Jones, who's been a, a nice addition to the team as an undrafted guy in his second year, but they want depth. They need rotation. That's how their pass rush has been successful. So uh, we'll see if, if all of their guys are good to go. You know, I want to talk about what Matt Canada is doing differently. And Mike Hilton talked about this a little bit. He said they're doing more pre-snap motion or more, more motion at the snap. I don't remember which one of those it was, but before we do that, uh -huh. you reminded me that the Steelers just gave out guaranteed money to TJ Watt and <laughs> the Bengals find themselves in this situation with, with Jesse Bates, the Bengals mm. and Steelers. One thing they do similarly is they don't give out non-signing bonus guaranteed money pretty much ever. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think the signal is a change in business for the Steelers? Like the modern NFL, they have to guarantee non-signing bonus money, or do you think that TJ Watt is a one-off for the Steelers? I'm not so sure because Minka Fitzpatrick's coming up next year, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to offer him money. Now, here, here's the thing. I'm not so sure if it's going to be a long-term change, but I do think they're positioning themselves to be able to do this, at least with these two guys. If you're if you're a first-team all-pro caliber defensive player, they might consider that for you moving forward. Now, right now, they, are, they project, I think, they have like $36 million in cap space next year, and that's not including the 11 that are sitting in their cap space right now that could carry over to next year. Uh, so they have plenty of money to spend in the future years. That's That was something that we've been looking at here in Pittsburgh. When you look at over the cap and uh, spot rag and all the different uh, all the different uh, trackers, the Steelers are going to have, for the first time in a long time, money to burn in free agency or re-signing guys that they want to keep. So I, I foresee Minka getting a similar type of deal, but I wouldn't expect, you know, like like Terrell Edmonds, he's, he needs some money. I don't expect him to get, you know, any guaranteed money in that, in that, in that kind of way. But if you're a consistent guy who's been, you know, multiple, multiple time first team all pro you know best at your position type of player in those conversations you'll get those considerations moving forward because i do think also when you i mean i don't know about you guys when you you guys look at those numbers in the next like two three four years with the projected salary cap booms i think it's going to change how all the positions work yeah no i i agree with you and that's why signing watt and in my opinion signing Bates now could have looked like a deal if the the Bengals could get it done. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about something that Jake brought up with Matt Canada and, and yeah, the, the <clears throat> pre-snap motion that Mike Hilton mentioned on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, at least from our point of view, the offense isn't off to the start they hoped mm-hmm. uh, to get off of. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt Canada's system? What's different and why is it uh, kind of got off to a slow start? One thing that I've always seen about Ben Roethlisberger, and you guys know, I'm, I'm not, whereas I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is as bad as many do out there, I still see him as a guy that's not this cerebral quarterback. He's more instinctual with how he responds to what he's seeing out there, and he has to have it ingrained in the back of his mind. He may know the playbook, he, know, he may know where his receivers are going to be, but I still feel like with Matt Canada's offense, he's still not comfortable to the point where, hey, I know where my guys are at, but I don't know what my second and third and fourth reads are on, you know, the 30th play, on the 31st play, you know, that, that, that they run. And they still don't have any staples in this offense that it's like, hey, we call this play, that's six yards. Or we call this play, that's eight yards. You know, they, they and they don't have the, the run game. The offensive line is still coming together. That was something that I anticipated this whole time. Uh, but I think what the Steelers really need to get get back to using is getting the ball to Najee Harris in the in the passing game. You saw him with a stiff arm on Abrams. Uh, you know that that broke over play. You saw the twenty five yard touchdown that he had, where he just made one guy miss and he just hit the sideline and was able to get the pile on. Those are the type of things that Le'Veon Bell used to do when they opened back up the Steelers' offense in 2014. Because remember, in the first couple of years of Todd Haley's offense, they weren't so good. They were they were ranking in the, the upper 20s. But when Le'Veon Bell became an active part of the of the receiving game, and just he wasn't going out and running routes, he was just running up two yards, turn around, hit me, Ben, and then he would go get six or eight yards, and then everything else started to click off that. With that recent success, I think that Matt Canada has to kind of settle Ben down and say, hey, don't be afraid to take that check down. You know, don't always check it down on the shallow crosses and the quick slants to Juju and Deontay because teams are used to that. But I thought while teams are focusing on a Chase Claypool or a Juju or a James Washington or Deontay, when they're focusing on all those different guys, if you're getting one on one with Najee Harrison space, you have to trust that he's going to make the play. That's why they drafted him in the first round. So. 
for Matt Canada, there is more pre, pre-snap motion. I don't think that it's nearly close to what he really wants yet as a guy who's watched Matt Canada all the way back to 2016 when he was at Pitt. Trust me, there's a lot of stuff that he hasn't even broke broken out yet. But I think right now it's all about making sure the offensive line is comfortable and that Ben is comfortable. And what needs to you know, kind of help with that is making things simpler for him. And that might involve getting it, checking it down to Najee Harris in those situations. Last question, Chris. In mm-hmm. 30 seconds, if you have to pick one player who is going to win the game for the Steelers, if indeed the Steelers do end up winning Oof. the game on Sunday, which player... Is it Ben Roethlisberger? Is it TJ Watt is going to make the biggest impact to put the Steelers in position to win? I'm going to pick a guy that's not so obvious. I think it's Devin Bush. I I really think that he plays a bigger role in this defense that people give him credit for, not for splash plays, but when he's on the field, they defend the run so much better. And and their chemistry with him and Joe Schobert in coverage has really increased how they take, how they, they, they take hold of the middle of the field. If he can get in there and help, just run with Mixon. Just make sure that he is neutralized in this game. He may get his yards, but if you can make sure that you're being a big force there, that's going to force the, the Bengals to go to the air in more predictable passing situations, which will allow that pass rush to pin its ears back. But I think Devin Bush, if he can be healthy, he was a full participant in practice after he suffered a groin injury. There was a groin epidemic in Pittsburgh last week. Uh, but uh, when it comes when it comes to De- Devin Bush and him moving moving around, if he's healthy and active, he can be the key to this game. Limit the rushing game, cover underneath, and and help put the pass rush in the better situations to win. That's the guy I think that could be a sneaky look there. And that's an interesting one. Back at practice in full on Wednesday, almost certain that he'll play at this point. We'll mm-hmm. see the return of Devin Bush, who we all remember the Steelers traded in front of the Bengals specifically to make sure they poached in the draft. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. However, Chris, thanks for your insights into the Steelers. We'll talk to you later this year. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one.